words appear. The email addresses and groups mentioned in this program are no longer available. The Blind Handyman Group does exist in its new incarnation on groups.io. To join, send a blank email to blindhandyman plus subscribe at groups.io. That's blindhandyman plus subscribe at groups.io. Alternatively, you can join our Blind Handyman Facebook group. Links will be in the description box below. Yes, sir. Just no, trying to recover from the Campbell Duce uh, invasion. Notice, notice, I introduced you first. I, I did. I noticed that, and you week. caught me right off guard. I just, uh, but anyway, we'll get to the Campbell Duce thing later. I'm sure of it. Okay. Doing Don, fine. Don Charles here also. Well, it's that time again, isn't it, Mr. Houston? It certainly is. My name, by the way, is Tom Houston, but the creator and producer of the Line Handyman, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Phil Parr. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Phil Parr is right here. <laughs> Give you some idea about eight thousand people here tonight. Anyway, yeah, we uh, we finally got over those boys. They they were uh, they're 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 nice fellas. We I was glad they they came. See, we 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 invited two people here to our in our little world that neither one of us, none of us, had ever met before. We had not met uh, Dale Campbell or Kevin Doucet. Either one, none of us, none of the four of us knew. These guys, and it all worked out good. Why don't you yeah. tell the truth? We really invited 24 people, and they were the only two that... Well, we've invited, <laughs> we've invited several people to Blind Weekend that, that declined. We've had lots of declining invitations, but to these guys, out uh, of the goodness of their hearts, or ours, I don't know, accepted. And I'll tell you what, did we, did we mention, or had he done it? I don't think he had... Had he done this by the time we, ta- we did the show? Mr. Oh, 18, yeah, the tamale. 18 Tamale Man, did we mention that? 
the world championship oh tamale yeah. guy. No yeah. kidding. That's a lot of tamales. It is. It? One of our deals, we have a guy in town that, that uh, is down at Dieball, which is a little town south of Lufkin, that makes uh, homemade tamales, and they're just knocked out. Men are good. I, they have meat in them. I don't know what kind of meat it is, but there's no dogs and cats running the streets and die bombs. Yeah. I know that. <laughs> so, I know my cats uh, are missing. I don't, I don't know what the deal is, but these are good tamales. So we always get, I got five dozen of those, and Dale Campbell ate, consumed 18 tamales. Alone, just one by himself. Person, man. Just the rest of us ate eighteen together. He had eighteen by himself. He's I couldn't believe. He's a big old boy, though. He, he's a huge fellow. He bested John Conley's record by by oh, six. Yeah. Smoked John. John, Conley, John Conley had eaten man. a dozen, I think, and he bested. Being a conscientious, uh, <laughs> conscientious conservative, I abstained, of course. But <laughs> you don't need tamales. Tamales are not something you eat. Yeah, that Campbell boy, though, he's a big, tall drink of water. I'll tell you, and he, he uh, I mean, he. He can. Uh, I think he holds several several records. Probably like maybe shrimp, uh, shrimp eating shrimp, record. Also, uh, eating man, we put away some shrimp. And, yeah. yeah, and they were good. Too, we did put away. He brought some shrimp, and we did those. And uh, Kevin just brought himself. We were glad to have him. He's a he's a good fellow, and I'm glad he's my friend. I'm glad to have him. we're gonna have yeah. him back to you one of these days. Kevin is a, pretty much a computer expert. He's all these sighted people went in there and tried to get the show on. Kevin just went in there and got it on. Well, he said he was coming over here to straighten y'all out. So. Uh, next next computer, I'm, next computer I buy, I'm just going to have it have it shipped to him and let him and let him work on it, and then he can ship it to me and yeah. put all the yeah. all the stuff on it. Uh, better success than you've had with boards. Yeah. Like better, oh man, you're not going <laughs> to folks are not going to believe this. You know we. Did we tell them the story that, that we're on board, Mackie board number two? I, I shouldn't tell this. Yeah, uh, we did. Yeah. Well, we're, we're, well, number three is here, sitting in front of the piano. <laughs> this one's this one's got a problem. It's uh, the the uh, some of the channels drop out. I asked the guy, "You ever have a problem with these Mackie?" No, I've shipped hundreds of them in there. So we, uh, you know, my my MDR twenty four ninety six has run fine. My Mackie, so Mackie's good stuff. I just got a bad run here, I guess. I suppose. How yeah. many microwave ovens you buy, Pat? Uh, I have four. My fourth one. It took me four to get one that worked, and yeah. it took my wife Emily. She's on like her fourth or fifth one. Uh, they were damaged in shipping, or I mean, I unpacked three well, from Sears. Yeah. I mean, the first one wouldn't work. The second one was bent. The third one was a used one. I guess they thought they'd try me on that. <laughs> and so, believe it or not, for that for that little infraction of the rules, the store manager was there in the flesh, and he gave me a little upgrade and didn't charge me for yeah. it. So it's the one in the wall. And then there's the story of Don Shaw's scooter. Oh yeah, the say. scooter. Yeah. Microwave. Tell us boards. Scooter, electric Tell us, scooters, all Tell these us, Don. defective items. Tell us what happened to board. you. Well, the motor in my electric scooter actually fried. I mean, <laughs> sit there and smoke in my hand as I was working on it, which is a story in itself that we'll talk about. But, man, yeah. what a deal. You haven't lived until you're sitting around holding this electric motor, giving it some power, man, in this yeah. big, gigantic spark. I've had a problem here lately with sparks and electric you have, things. Have you have, You and the ceiling fan yeah. and now the yeah. electric, now electric motor. scooter motor, man, just Boy. shot this gigantic spark. So anyway, you, right bought, you bought another motor, and you're, you're, you have transportation again. Got transportation again. Plug and play, you know, yeah. just uh, uh, plug it in, uh, put in three volts, and uh, bingo, you're on the way again. And, and it is a very quiet little scooter. If, it if is. You're, if you're a partial-sighted person, and, and like par- blind people, partial-sighted people, noise bothers you because you can't, if you got a lot of noise going on, then you can't hear what's around you. This is the quietest scooter I've ever seen. It's just very, makes a very low little hum. 
He could sneak yeah. up on you. He oh, could yeah. sneak it's up good. on you. It's good for a partial because if you stopped across the street as well as looking for traffic, you could listen because, of course, when yeah. you're stopped and you're not giving it power, it's perfectly quiet. There's no noise at all. So you hit the power. throttle and, man, you're gone. The acceleration yeah. is great. So we'll, we'll talk about that. The electric scooter is the perfect vehicle. For a partial for transportation, it is. Uh, I think it'd be good for Dale. I think he could probably ride one. Take a big one, but he could. Uh, he could manage it, I think. Uh, uh, well, even if he even if he couldn't, he'd say he could. How now? How now? How now, brown cow? Let us not be tacky. If it wouldn't outrun that dog, wouldn't outrun that yeah. dog. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's going to say. Uh, Kelsey, Kelsey what would have dog. to have a spot on the yeah. What, what a dog! A dog. Yeah, yeah, next no next kidding. year we're just inviting Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> Frankie said she didn't care much about those other two guys, but please bring Kelsey back. Yeah. So. Well, if Frankie was a normal self, Kelsey lover. But uh, anyway, uh, uh, Kelsey was it was Dale. Dale had his C and I dog with him, and I'm not much on. Never have been much on C and I dogs. I've never had one. Never felt like I needed one, and I don't knock people that do. It's fine if you want one. I just never, I've never had one. And but this, this dog was well trained, and I think it's from the original CNI in Morristown, New Jersey, isn't it? That's right. I think so. so. I don't, I don't know much but about that. But he those, exemplified his training. I mean, just the I think best um, on our new show called Blind Like Me, which is starting on, on we hope on July fourth. We'll tell you more about that later. We're going to talk to some people who train CNI dogs and a little more about that. And get into things like that later. Speaking of Speaking Frankie Dogs, she heard us mention her, I guess. Tommy, what you got for us? Okay, yeah. it says, can you please give me the proper remedy for getting mold off baseboards and walls in, in uh second bedroom in my new house? Bleach. I hope you can uh, provide me with an answer and hope you gentlemen have a nice weekend. Started listening to your show on ACB Radio and enjoy it. And this is from Jay Naiman. Clorox. I don't know. Yeah. Clorox cleaner. Yeah. But it's going to take everything off. No, the Clorox cleaner is like using Clorox, but it, you it's, could it's it in, a, in a spray bottle a little bit or but something. But they make one that's in a in a spray bottle that is, you know, it's like 409, but it's yeah. just the Clorox brand. Yeah. And uh, that's what I'd start out with, a sponge, yep. and I'd squirt it and let it set just a dab. It won't do your paint in. And is that, that right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Now, I mean, if you're up on the sheetrock, you don't want to saturate that. That might be a different problem. You know, you could, I'm not exactly sure on, unless you've got a good coat of enamel on your sheetrock and you've got some mold up, up yeah. there, which I would doubt. Uh, I, I yeah. mean, uh, she said baseball, or he said. I'm baseboard, not sure. yeah. Baseboard, yeah. Baseboard. So yeah. on your good wood, now I know that wood's probably enameled. Uh, the, just the Clorox cleaner would be my recommendation. We, uh, just speaking of, of mold on the outside of the house, this, in fact, just this last week, we had some new wood put on here a while back in a paint job here a year or so ago. But we'd gotten some mold up around the carnish board of the house. We, in fact, did that very thing. Uh, we bought this uh, house, actual house cleaner from Walmart that you hook the water hose to the bottle. Uh-huh. And it sprays like, you know, X amount mixed with whatever amount of water through the bottle that's hooked to the water hose. And it, it's basically just like a bleach and soap, actually, is all that it is. And we sprayed that stuff on, waited for like 10 minutes, which it said to do, and then rinsed it off. And we realized we didn't even have to paint. I and mean, it, it just, man, it took it off. That's what so. my older brother told me they used on mobile homes. He worked at a place one time where they, they went out and cleaned mobile homes. Mm -hmm. And they used like one part Clorox, I think it was, to ten parts water. Yeah. 
And so this would be the same. So it would be the same type same of kind of Did deal. Your, yeah. So are you saying your Walmart stuff worked on? Oh, man, it worked great. And it, and really. it was Clorox, heavy on the Clorox, you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it was yeah. just Clorox and soap, basically bleach and soap. You could smell it. Just, you know, it, it was, man, it was good stuff. The reason hmm. why I say you said y'all had just painted, you know, I, I don't know if it is environment. Maybe this is another topic for a, an entire show, but. I painted some exterior wood probably four years ago. Yeah. And you would think that paint, good outside paint, and this was, you know, $16 a gallon type paint. It would last better than that. But I've got, actually, it looks like in some places I need to repaint. And it's not peeling off, but it's just, uh, it, it looks uh, dull. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. and it's discolored. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so I don't know. I might try some of that cleaner. Oh, it'd be worth a try. Also, just things. as a tip, one time I wanted to clean some bricks around my fireplace inside. I mean, not not inside the fireplace, but the bricks around the mantle, under the mantle, the exterior bricks. Yeah. And I have some. And I used oven cleaner. And I want you to know, mm -hmm. I sprayed it on there, let it set. You know, and and I came back and white cleaned it, and man, like it took the soot off, and the, I mean, it was yeah. it was just like it works in the yeah. oven, huh? It was oven great. Would be so. cool. Be, be oven easy. cleaner's powerful stuff, man. Yes, it, it is. is. Powerful yeah. stuff. Okay, here's another one. It says, "Hi guys, not long ago, my husband and I found your show on ACB Radio, and I just wanted to write to you, to you all, to let you know that we love listening to you a lot. It's really cool that there are things like this to listen to." Uh, since we bought our condo five years ago, we have had to do all sorts of things, from plumbing to putting up new blinds for all of the bedrooms. Uh, Tom, my other half, is totally blind, and I'm partially blind. We have had some great times from barbecuing to setting up new reptile cages for the many scaly children that we have. Oh. <laughs> yeah. What a deal. Uh, Frank had loved those. Yeah. As I write this, I'm again uh, listening to episode number 36. You guys are really great. Have a great week and keep up the good work. Widen your circle of compassion to embrace all living creatures and the whole of... <laughs> uh -huh. well, peace, you know. And you, didn't have, you didn't have to laugh right in the middle of that line. This is a very serious thing here, Donald. Is that right? <laughs> right, it is. Start over. Widen your circle. <laughs> I'll never make it now. Anyway, this is from Mary Beth and Sunset. Thank you, Mary Beth. All right. Mary Beth and Sunset? Mary Beth and Sunset. Do you think Sunset's probably a python or something? <laughs> I bet he is. I've I heard he it I'm not sure if it's I just went out and widened Frankie's circle out there. Uh, uh, that's really strange. You know, I believe I, it worked. I'm partially sighted myself, and if I would have had a, a hobby that I do not have, if I, it would have been herbatology, uh, uh, snakes, and I don't care much for gators and lizards, but I kind of am fascinated by snakes. Never owned uh, one, but... Uh, I don't think you'd be married to the same woman you're married to. I'm to certain. <laughs> you're a hobby. I, think <laughs> that, I said it was a hobby I do not have. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness gracious sakes alive. Hi, gentlemen. Uh, yes. My name is Walter Gramza. I live in Lancaster, New York, a suburb of Buffalo, I'm totally blind, and I have been so uh, been so since birth due to being a premature baby of six and a half months. Yeah. Uh, I attended the New York State School for the Blind in Batavia, New York, from kindergarten through high school, where I learned piano tuning, rebuilding, and repair. I took wood shop and learned to run various pieces of machinery, such as the radial arm saw, table saw, band saw, jointer, wood lathe, mm -hmm. uh, belt and disc sanders, router, drill press, etc., I had the good yeah. fortune of growing up in a family of carpenters on both sides. 
where I learned many things by listening and observing uh, what was going on and what was being done with the remodeling or building project. Uh, books are good, but in my field, experience is always the best teacher. Sure. I have a floor model drill press, a compound radial arm saw, a table saw, a portable joiner uh, with an adjustable fence and other portable tools, which uh, could be mentioned if desired at yeah. a later time. I enjoy listening to your show if you wish to contact me, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And well, it says, gosh, we do. Tom yeah. Houston, Phil Parr, Don Shaw, and Don Patterson, many thanks for putting together these fine shows week after week. Talk to you later, Walter Gramza. Might make you a nice right. guest on the show. Yeah. Walter, I wonder if it's our guy, info. Walter, that's reincarnated, Joe. I don't know. You know, that, that's a pub. <laughs> Maybe he came <laughs> back, right? That may, that, that's a good possibility. Yeah. Oh, this guy's too old. This would be great. I mean, this guy's got some tools. Sounds like he's making a nice guess. Saved your info for a guest. We will do that. Future guest. Is that it? No, no, you know, there was something on on the the web page about cleaning a coffee pot. I saw that. Boy, everybody's got a coffee pot to clean, don't they? Yeah. And I thought it might be nice to read this because someone had an idea on doing it. Why not? Because I personally use the white vinegar to clean mine, and it does a great job. It does smell up the place for an hour or so. Yeah. Uh, Be ready to live with the smell for a while or open a window or door to get air in. I usually just uh, use straight white vinegar, but I know some people who dilute it with water. I usually run the vinegar through twice, and I run about three or four pots full of cold water uh, through to rinse it so there's no aftertaste. Hope this helped. And this was from Portland, Oregon, Ricky Joe Cook. And that'll do your uh, that'll do your coffee pot. That'll clean it up. That's all you need. I, do, I see no point in diluting the vinegar. You know, because I've always used it. Straight. I just always use it straight. I, always, I do, too. Just put one little twist on that, though. I always uh, pour the vinegar in the back of the coffee pot, turn it on, run through half of it, Turn it off, let it cool down just a little bit, because simply because they say not to pour like a hot liquid into the back of the coffee pot. Pour yeah. it back through, yeah, and then run it through again, and yeah. then run through hot, uh, well, just regular clear water several times. Several because times. if you don't, you're yeah. going to have vinegary taste. Oh, I'm, sure. I'm certain we won't solve this on, on on today's show, but has anybody ever wondered why you can't use warm water or hot water in a coffee maker? Wonder why they say not to do that. Maybe the reason why, because I I don't use uh, hot water all the time. But I mean, you know, if you've just made a pot of coffee and drank it pretty fast, yeah. and I want another one, just turn it off, and I dump cold water in, and you can hear it sizzle. Oh yeah, you can. Oh, you yeah. turn no, it back sure. on, yeah. and yeah. So I've just always wondered why why it had to be cold water. I don't know. Unless Maybe you got something to do with the pump or the timing. Well, or, I don't know. Um, the cold water would heat faster than the hot water would heat. Why? Well, I don't know, but that's what my daddy told me. Okay. Well, I've heard, right that, I've heard that all my life. I have, if too. You, if you dumped in 120-degree water... It wouldn't, it wouldn't get hot quick, it, as quick as the cold water would. I've well, heard. I've heard of the, course, in the coffee pots, man, you just turn the switch on and it gets hot pretty quick. quick. So yeah, I does. don't know how true this is, but I've heard that hot water will freeze quicker than cold water. Will I've it? heard yeah, that. Yeah, the hot water line always, they say, freeze. They freeze it first. <laughs> yeah, never had either one freeze. Maybe someone can... Some you, blind physicist guy out there. <laughs> or it doesn't even have to be blind, yeah. You, you know there is a oh, yeah. blind physics major who... who well, they'll tell who tell us. I want to say one thing before we get away. I saw on the list, and I think this guy's name was Everett. You may have seen this also, Shell. This gentleman was talking about 
he how he had I think he'd gone blind at, and, and he was 30 years old and he said he was tired of having asking people to do things for him about and, staining and and, and and well he was tired of, of having people uh, edge his sidewalk and do things for him and he thought that this list would empower him to make him make to be, to feel more like a man as a blind person because he had lost his sight sometime in life that made me feel really good that kind of made it all worthwhile that we actually uh, did something for somebody and, and have because blindness isn't it it is not a handicap believe me folks it's just an inconvenience did he ever figure out how to edge uh yeah i think yeah. he it was, he, I, was, I have the don shaw and mary shaw machete that they bought for me for a birthday present that's, and yeah. that's the way i edge and i'll tell anybody how to and do it, it. Well, well, said, if you it were works. if you were on the list you could let him know that i'm now. gonna but, i'm getting on the list thank you we'll be back in just a minute with more of the blind <laughs> handyman show we have a guest Broadcast. This is Steve Mazura. Welcome from the Aussie Kaleidoscope. Living on the edge. I'm Roger Cool. The KJS Show. Hi, this is Patrick Purdue from the, the ACBRI DJs. Are hard at work creating personal web pages about their shows, the music they play, and even a bit about themselves. Now we're accumulating these web pages into the ACB Radio Interactive Broadcasters Web Ring, where you can learn more about the personalities behind the microphone. Go to www acbradio.org then choose the interactive link from there you can choose the link that will take you to the ACB Radio Interactive Broadcasters Web Ring For the latest breaking news stories visit the ACB Radio Newsroom at www.acbradio.org All the news all the time from the world's leading news organizations like CNN, the BBC, the New York Times, the Toronto Star, the Wall Street Journal, and more. That's all the news, all the time, in the ACB Radio Newsroom at www.acbradio.org. ACB Radio Mainstream, now delivered live to your phone in the UK using phoneanything.com. The internet over the phone, www.phoneanything.com. Listening to the Blind Handyman on the ACB Radio Mainstream, the talk of the blind community. Our email address is blindhandyman at hotmail.com. If you would like to be part of the show, leave us a phone number and we will contact you soon. Now, here's more of today's show with Phil Parr. That would be me, wouldn't it? Hi, welcome yeah. back to the. <laughs> Exciting blind handyman show. We've we killed twenty minutes on email today, didn't we? Just we did indeed. fooling yeah, we did. around, talking. Thank you, thank you, thank you, folks, for sending the email. Oh, we do yeah. really appreciate it. It's uh, it's the way we uh, it's the way we do the show. We need email. It gives we, me something to do too. Well, it we does, need to. Uh, 
You need uh, feedback so you know that you're doing something, so you know that things are working. And we'll have the preacher. Jeff Kissaker is our guest. And, Jeff, how are you, sir? I'm good. How are you guys? Well, I'm fine. And Don Shaw hadn't. We we always do the show offline, so I told him, don't tell me anything about this guy. We'll let this guy tell us about himself. I don't know anything about you. I never met you. But, hi, welcome to our show. Who are you and what do you do? Well, I'm uh, Jeff Kissaker. Uh, I've been blind since birth, uh-huh. uh, pretty much. I had legally blind when I was younger age, but I, but unlike now, a lot of people, I went to a uh, public school system instead of school for the blind. Oh, really? So you're, uh, but you're, you're a total now? Uh, pretty much, yeah. I've pretty got much. some uh, some light perception, mm-hmm. and uh, if the color is really bright, bright like a blaze orange, I can see that a little bit. Oh, yeah? Um but other than that, no, I really can't see squat. <laughs> and, and you can't see squat. I like it. And and uh, and what age are you, sir? I'm uh, 38. 38, just and, a, as we always say, just a child. Yeah. To us, uh, to us old men. So well, you, I say that to about you know people that are 30. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, turning 30 was traumatic, wasn't it? Right. Anyway, you're 38, and you went to public school, and it, did you, you didn't go to any blind institution at all. No. No. I went. Uh, I went all the way through public schools and graduated from a public school in high school, and then I went on to college and mm-hmm. uh, currently work for the uh, South Dakota Division of Service to the Blind and Visually Impaired as the uh, uh, Business Enterprise Program Yay. Administrator. Okay. All right. We, we have had many hours of discussion about what is best for, uh, for uh, blind children. Patterson here is a, is a teacher. And he has had some experience teaching blind children, and some of them go kind of partially to blind schools, and then they'll come back and go to public schools. So I don't know which is best, but you seem to be well-adjusted, and you went to public school, right? Right. And, yeah. and I, I think it's individual, to be honest with you. Probably. I really do. I think that it depends on the kid's needs. If a kid needs uh, the support, more of the blindness-related supports that they can get from the school for the blind, then, mm-hmm. then they should get that. The kid can function well enough and... And excel in a in a school system without all of the additional uh, areas and have to live away from home, et cetera. I think that they should do it too. Jeff, I have a question for you. <clears throat> Considering like the population of South Dakota and like surrounding area, you know, we had a, a at the time we went that I was uh, involved in the Texas School for the Blind. We had a population we figured two hundred to three hundred. Do y'all have a school for the blind per se, or is it a co-op with the other states around, or what? What would you do with in that situation? There is a school for the blind uh, in in Aberdeen, South Dakota. There's currently about I think 45 or 50 residential students there. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, it would provide be... a lot of outreach services to public school systems throughout the state. Yeah, so that's what ours. In other words, really now anymore, you know, because of mainstream the law from what 1975 or four. <laughs> Uh, you have to actually get permission to go to the school for the blind in Texas anymore if you're blind, you know. Yeah, that happens. That's some, I think it's it's increasingly, if a, if a kid can be served in their home district, they should be there. That, yeah, that's, that's, that's our opinion, rule, you know. yeah. And that's for whatever it's worth, you know. But yeah, no, that's, that's, that <laughs> is the law, and that's the way we approach it, yeah. Now, did you, you said that you had, as a child, you had some sight. Did they teach you Braille? Uh, they taught me Braille when I went into seventh grade, uh-huh. uh, or while I was in seventh grade, and, and uh, I'm still not a very good Braille reader, but 
Yeah. <laughs> I can read it when I have to. Mm. In a pinch. And, it, and it's, it's Bill a, loves that you're just supporting his argument. It's a, it's, a, it's a wonderful method for labeling CDs, now, isn't it? I, I would say yes, it is. That's about all I find it useful for, and labeling tapes and things. I've never... Yeah. I'm, I'm, and I, there are other blind people like me. I've never read a Braille book. I just couldn't do it. I mean, it was beyond me. But we'll, anyway, that's neither here nor there. But you use it in, in uh, college? Is that how I, you? Well, I use, I mean, I've used Braille very limitedly. You know, uh -huh. I use it for, uh, you know, agendas for meetings and for notes yeah. and yeah, labeling things. But I, I don't read a book like that either. Yeah. I never have and never will in all likelihood. What? So are you window eyes or jaws? Uh, currently, I use jaws. Okay. Right. Now, you you de describe uh, what you do in in your job, if you don't mind. How what it entails? Well, we you know the the I, you folks are familiar with the uh, business enterprise program or the Randolph Shepard program. Sure. Yes. And so, yes. I manage from the state office level uh, our program. So I do the purchasing of equipment for the program, make sure that the accounting for the program is done properly. Uh, oversee the vendor activities and provide assistance to them on, a, on an as-needed basis as far as you know business uh, topics and and uh, financial issues and that kind of thing. So Do you go? You don't participate in any of the training of the people who run these uh, these vending stands. I do some of that. Mm -hmm. uh, I coordinate it. Okay. No, I'm sorry. I, I could ask you. I, Jeff, where are you local? Where's your hometown? I'm in Pier, uh, Fort Pierce, South Dakota. Okay. Which is right in the middle of the state. Okay. On the Missouri River. It's a great place to live. Yeah. Okay. It sounds well, like it. We're getting a phone call here. You're not calling us back to cancel, are you, Jeff? <laughs> we, we thought maybe you were <laughs> There went the telephone. Uh-oh. Well, anyway, okay, so, and is that, that's the capital, right? The, the capital, yeah, the pier in Fort Pier. Pier is the capital. Right. And uh, Fort Pier is just across the river. Okay. And, uh, you, know, uh, we just, you know, the river kind of divides East River, West River, and uh, we're more, we're kind of, it's, it's like... Uh, Dallas, Fort Worth, kind of. You know. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. so large, large cities. So, so uh, how many people would you say in your program? I mean, uh, uh, you know, the with the vending. How many vendors do we have? Yeah, we have eight. Eight. Okay, that's great. Well, yeah, we do pretty well, you know, for the size of the state that we are. Yeah. I think we do pretty well. Are y'all still less than a million population? Yeah, we're seven hundred and sixty-five thousand, yeah. I think, something like now, that. This is South Dakota, North yeah. Dakota. South Dakota. South Dakota. Yeah. That's amazing. Them fighting words now. You start saying South Dakota, North Dakota now. No, yeah, what? that's I, a fighting words if you start it? saying South Dakota. Is yeah. There is a difference. What they say? There's the, a the, significant difference. <laughs> the difference in a girl from North Dakota and a cow was about three pounds usually. That's, I'm not even going to go there. We're not going to tell Aggie jokes uh, either. No, we're right? not going to do that. Anyway, so, so how, long have you, how long have you had this job? I've been doing this specific job for about oh, two and a half years. Something did, did you did you get a you got a degree in college in what? Mass communication. From where? From uh, Sioux Falls College. In Sioux All Falls right. College. Okay. Sioux you say Falls. mass communications? Yes. As in radio, but, television, or? Well, broadcasting, marketing, really? advertising. Man. Did you uh, did you think you wanted to be a radio person at one time or something? I was. Really? Tell us yeah. about that. I was. I used to work. Uh, I did college radio, of course. You know, yeah. while I was in college. As a I, training student, yeah. 
uh, did uh, uh, public broadcasting for a while. Uh, and then I did I, the commercial radio that I've done. I've done some rock and roll radio, like classic rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that. It was overnight, and the bosses weren't there, so I could kind of do what I wanted. I've been there <laughs> I've been many times, have I? And uh, didn't have to dress up for work or nothing. Yeah, <laughs> shorts yeah. and a t-shirt. Now, uh, at, at what period of time was this? Were you actually physically playing records at this point in time? It was no, it was CDs. You were playing CDs. It was so back, uh, yeah. 1990 or so. So they'd they'd gone to CDs. Oh yeah. But you were having to cue those CDs. like cut seven. You'd have to get ready, or, or how would how would what did Actually, you? Actually, there were the nice Denon decks that automatically queued for you. Once you dialed up the number of cut, it would just have it ready for you. Yeah, but you had to tell it what cut you wanted to play. Yes, I did. It was and, pre uh, pre uh, computer audio. And, and you knew what cut what cut to play because they gave you a list. They gave me a list, and uh, they would record my playlist on an audio tape, and uh-huh. then I would pull the CDs with the braille labels on them off of the rack and and uh, put them in. Thank God for Braille. Oh, Why did Thank God for Braille. <laughs> Boy, and true, didn't it? And yeah. how long did you? How long did you? That's a that shift is a is a nice shift. And yeah, you can. Uh, I of course, uh, being a drinker. Well, anyway, we'll go into that later. Uh, I they, the guy showed up. Anyway, the trash can was on. Anyway, but we. Uh, uh, what is I saying? Anyway, how long did you do that? Well, I did that uh, part time for a few months, and then I I got out of it for a while because I got a full time job. Yeah, real job. Uh, and then uh, and then I started it up again. I worked for a little over five years for. Uh, you a, can name an the station. AM country radio station in here that that I just did as a hobby kind of thing. What's the call letters though? Uh, KGFX. KGFX. Ten sixty. Ten old oh, oh, AM ten sixty. You bet. Is that right? Huh. Well, kind of good. That, it was a fun gig for a while, and then it, you know. Oh, it's the funniest thing in the world, but there ain't no money in it. Absolutely. There, if you're gonna if you're gonna have those new cars, folks, you got to get uh, a real like job. Internet radio, huh, guys? It's a, yeah, it's the same thing. <laughs> well, it's even the pay. The pay is not too much different <laughs> here than exactly. there. It's a lot of fun, though. I mean, if you do it part time on a fun level. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I, I shouldn't knock. I made actually made a living doing radio for thirty years or so. You did. Of course, I had to. I had to play music at night to supplement that income. I had to, to go to the club and play at night till two, and then sign on in the morning. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> you know, it was it was. I wouldn't take for it. I wouldn't want to do it again. But it was lots of fun. Now, uh, of course, you're on the handyman show, so Don Show hadn't told us, but I assume that you do, do some handyman things. Lots of projects, huh, Jeff? I've, I've, yeah, I do quite a number of different projects. Um, landscaping. Landscaping, really? mowing, uh, home household repairs, uh, ceiling fan installation. You do, you mow the lawn? I mean, you, yeah, uh, I do. you, you, man, you're, you're really making us look awfully bad, uh, Jeff. <laughs> bad and uh, lazy. <laughs> for lazy. Well, I'm younger, so I guess I got a, lot, a little more energy to pursue. Like how, how do you, how oh, do you... Oh, now he's calling us old. <laughs> <laughs> I think I heard that. Yeah, I think that man. came through. South Dakota. <laughs> so tell us, of course, you only have to mow the lawn about two weeks up there, right? Is that right? Oh, God. Oh, we get hot as you guys in the summertime. Oh, really? come on. Do you now? Yeah. Uh, well, you mean... Uh, it'll be you 100 do... degrees by the 1st of June. I Jeff, think. you don't... Don't have a wife that you could talk to into mowing. I'm training my son, who's eight years old. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. So, so you mow with a power mower, with the regular pull. I, I mow with a power mower. I don't use a self-propelled. Uh-huh. So you, you don't use a self-propelled. I do not because I want that control over. Uh-huh. You know, 
know how fast it's going to go. Yeah, yeah. So what yeah. do you use for landmarks, or how do you do your yeah? Tell us or... about tell us about that. What I what I do, what works for me anyway, is that I just you know I start by pushing the mower forward along the edge of the sidewalk. Okay. Move it over, and I don't turn around because when I turn around, I get disoriented. So what I do is I just pick you know just pull the mower over a little bit and back up, and then I just do a lot of bending over to feel the grass, you know. Yeah. Which helps kind of get rid of the Dunlap disease that I got on the front of my belly, so, you know. So you start <laughs> you start with your back to the edge of the sidewalk. Right. And you go in a, in a row, and then you pull the mower back, and then you scoot over on the sidewalk a little bit and push it forward again, then pull it back. Right. And but I'll pull it back. I'll pull it, I push it over a little bit and pull it back, too, so that I'm, you know, I'm still doing... The same uh -huh. concept of up and back, up and back, only I'm not turning around. Only you're backing up. Right. Because, and you're right, if you turned around, because when you get back to that sidewalk and you put your heels against the sidewalk, you know you're straight. Exactly. That, that's good. I yeah. do pretty well, you know. Sometimes I miss little chunks. My son points that out, and I say, fine, here the more is. Go get it. Yeah, go, to, go get it. <laughs> there was lots of discussion on the list a few weeks ago about grass cutting, cutting grass barefooted and just yeah. different ways of telling when the grass was, um, was done. But. but, you know, it works for me, and, you know, I use the uh, the gas-powered trimmer and... and uh, Boy, the old weed eater was a great invention, wasn't it? I, I love those. Man. Yeah, they're ideal. I've never Broadway. used one. A, a weed eater, where you just stick it in the weeds and move it around, and it cuts them. I mean, it, it yeah. spins around and yeah. uses a, a real thick, like, fishing line to cut the... Yeah. Well, and it does cut, doesn't it? Oh, it does a nice job. Or along with fins or um, something. That is a blind, absolutely a blind-friendly thing. But you'd use. have to be very careful, because you could, you could get your leg with uh, with one you of could, them. Right? and I have. Could. Um, but it's, be you know, it's a risk I'm willing to take. But yeah. I, you know, I, you would think that sighted people would also have a little. Oh, yeah. I mean, they would also. And it hurts. It stings. But that's about all. You know, with the with that's the, the good advantage of using the line. Yeah. Yeah. Just, versus a blade. Um, I, yeah, we, <laughs> yeah, we've got good. one with a saw blade on it. I mean, it has a little. You know, it has a. Don't know what it has. Now, that might be tough on the old ankle. That, that could hurt. hurt. Yeah, <laughs> you might hit your shoe with that and take a chunk of it off. Along yeah, you might. Foot, you know. And, yeah, and you, so you good. edge your sidewalk. You have a edge, a little an edger of some kind, or I do not have. I use the weed whacker for that. I just turn it sideways and use that for edging. Yeah, that works good. For and edging. so you're walking on the sidewalk, and you know how far off the edge is. Right. And you stay at that. Like you might take your left foot and guide yourself along the edge of the. Of the sidewalk as you're moving to the left or something. Exactly. And exactly. and when I called you the other night, and we're going to talk about concrete later, but were you not doing something with concrete when I called you on the phone? Well, I was getting ready for a patio uh, to be poured. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing it myself. I'm having somebody somebody else do it. But uh, I I was getting the area ready and, and trying to level some of the dirt. And so the forms are already built? and the forms are there, and the rebar's in, and we're ready to... Well, ready who, for him to pour now. Who, who built the form, forms and put the rebar together? Uh, the I, the concrete guy did that. You, you didn't you didn't that's do that. Beyond me. All right. Well, it may not be because that's exactly what we're going to talk about right after our commercial is talk about. We all figured uh, probably Don Patterson more than the rest of us know a little bit about preparing the ground and getting ready uh, to pour concrete. So we figure maybe we can uh, inspire some blind guy to, to try that. Maybe you next time, reckon? Maybe next time. Form building. Why well, do you, uh, you seem like you do well and you, you do your job uh, well. Obviously, they wouldn't keep you. And this is a state job, so you get all the good state holidays and all. That's right. All those kind of things. <laughs> What's the coldest day you've ever seen? 
the coldest day? Yeah. Probably about 35 below. Really? The yeah, about 95 below. What's the hottest day? Uh, about 115. I'll take Whoa. Texas. Yeah. I'll, I'll stay here then. Yeah. It, uh, we well, have is extreme. Like right now, it's like 75 degrees. A lot of rattlesnakes in South Dakota, right? Uh, yeah. Not uncommon. There are a few yeah. of them around. Yeah. yeah. You know, now that I think about it, you're, you're, you post on the list quite often, don't you? Now and again. Yeah, okay, I've seen you. when I think I've got something valid to say. Well, you always have something valid to yeah. say. <laughs> yeah, I, now that I think about it, I have seen your uh, your postings on the list. Well, you've uh, you've enlightened this as to a few things, and uh, I guess I'll go out and fire up the mower, and uh, just, I'll call that lawn service that we have come every week and just tell them not to show up anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, what you need is, well, I'm trying to talk my wife into buying me a riding lawnmower, but that ain't going anywhere. Oh, so yeah. you, you, you do have a wife. <laughs> yeah, I do. Oh, well, I'm, we're glad to hear that. Yeah. Because first, we, when you, you you know, I asked you something, you said your eight-year-old son. I was trying to figure out why you didn't have your wife out there mowing. <laughs> well, we, the house, I maintain the yard. Uh, well, I, I got my wife out there mowing. We've got I a good deal there. I, I bet you. I bet you do. <laughs> Jeff, it's been a pleasure, sir, and we'll look for your posts on the list, and uh, we'll give you a month or two, and if you do anything exciting, be sure and call us and let us know. Oh, you bet. I, I enjoy your guys' show. You, you guys are a kick. Thank you, sir. We appreciate you, and we'll talk to you. Thanks, Jeff. Nice Take to meet you, us. Jeff. Jeff Kissinger, our guest for this afternoon. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, concrete and preparing the ground and building forms and those kind of things, and maybe we'll learn something together. Just a few minutes more of the Blind Handyman Show. ACB Radio Mainstream. The Cafe. ACB Radio Treasure Trove. You can hear. Bye. Unpredictable internet. On the ACB Radio Interactive. ACB Radio Interactive. Playing music from the 1930s and 40s. The 50s and 60s. The 1970s. 80s and 90s. The hits of the new millennium. ACB Radio Interactive comes to you from at least six time zones on three continents, bringing you the very best of country, top 40, classic, and modern rock. New age. Folk. The rare stuff out of the 50s. Jazz. Easy listening, adult contemporary. And more. Live, unpredictable internet radio. ACB Radio Interactive. Don't risk the disappointment of missing a great ACB radio program. Join our announcements list today. Receive email about upcoming programs on all our channels and new features. To join, send a blank email now to announce-subscribe at acbradio.org. That's announce-subscribe at acbradio.org. Visit our website. Announcements about ACB radio delivered to you direct and free. Just another way to stay in touch with ACB radio. Hang out with other ACB Radio listeners. Talk with the hosts. Provide suggestions about the future of ACB Radio. It's all possible through the ACB Radio Friends List. Thank you for being a friend. Log on and sign up now. Send a blank message to friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. That's friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. And thank you for being a friend of ACB Radio.
is The Blind Handyman on ACB Radio Mainstream. Be sure and tell a friend about the program and email us often, blindhandyman at hotmail.com. Now, here is more of the show with Don Shaw. We're back to talk about uh, mixing, con- about pouring concrete, actually. You know, if you was going to make like a small patio, or if you was going to, well, maybe even build up a form for a sidewalk. And uh, Don Patterson has done a little concrete work before in his time, and I- I've done a little bit, a little bit of form building anyway. I've seen it done. I mean, waiting. I was around when they built this building, so I... Yeah, waiting for I, that uh, concrete truck, huh? You bet, waiting for him to pump that stuff through the hose and do it. And uh, I, f- I did find out a very interesting thing when we, and I'll just start with this and we can move on to others. We, we, uh, I found out that, in, in, at least in the city of Lufkin, when you get ready to pour the concrete, when you build the forms, before you pour, you have to have the ground under that concrete exterminated. In other words, you have to have an exterminator, a pest control guy, come out and spray that ground. That's part of the code of the city of Houston. And I would say, I mean, in the city of Lufkin, I would say that is probably true in most big cities. I mean, they wouldn't just invent that to make things difficult for you in Lufkin, would they? So under this slab right now, we're sitting over a pile of uh, bug spray, so to speak. Yeah, they, uh, <laughs> they, uh, I, I just... keep, <laughs> keep warning us about chemical pollution, <laughs> no and, here, no, and here we sit. Talk yeah, about uh, no weapons kid. of mass destruction. Toxic <laughs> and here we and are. all that good stuff, huh? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, what a deal, man. Yeah, because they, they sprung that on me. Uh, the guy was about ready to come. He was, you know, due to come and, and pour the concrete, and the guy who who built the form said, Mr. Parr, have you had this thing, and pest control guy come out and do this, play this ground here? And I said, what are you talking about? Well, you, you have to have a pest control guy. And so, yeah. luckily, the first guy I called was Sammy. So, so, so the guy yeah. that was telling you this, do this again, what did he ask you? He said, Mr. Parr, you, I, the, the guy oh. come out and spray the ground where the concrete's going to be. He was from London, England. He right? was from London. And <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, man, what are you talking about? I said, no. Anyway, he's here. Uh, well, so, I, think, uh, <laughs> I think Don summed it up. He said, you know, if you're going to pour, a, talking about a slab, I mean, yeah. you can pour little slabs or big slabs. Yeah, but it's all the same. It's all the same. Uh, not that we're any great experts on it, but I've done some of all of it. The biggest yeah. thing I've ever had a hand in where I, physical labor was a 24 by 24 garage slab and that's a little bit most garages are like 20 by 20 yeah this particular building was 20 it was my dad's and it was 24 by 24 it's a uh, lot of concrete to be this this sort of ties in with a subject that i was talking about i don't know a couple of weeks ago about that little, little house that we looked at that had some slab damage yeah and and phil had commented to me earlier about talking about the preparation to yeah. pour the slab, and that's really, I think, maybe what we'll, you know, I mean, because actually the truck, after you get the truck out there, it dumps it in. And, and, and you smooth and it out, that. and that's the I'm, deal. Yeah. It's but really there is a long, involved process that you go through. Of getting oh, that. Is. Getting that ground that ready. Ground ready. You can't have any stumps or little trees or little limbs or any, any debris. You want pure dirt. Well, you want, you know, and if you have a stump, they'll... 
Before they'll pour, they'll make you grind that stump to, to pulp. They won't pour around the stump, because if they did, the stump would rot away, and you'd have a hole in the concrete. Right. If you're reliable, you know, if they're reliable people. And also, this is another the good point to bring up about city inspectors. We know it's a big hassle. You know, and nobody wants to sit and wait on the guy. I mean, he comes, or even if he yeah. might not put his tag on it. But I tell you, you need, especially about concrete pouring, you need that guy. And he's going to make sure that the rebarb is all in place, the forms are a certain height, that the trench, uh, if you're going to pour a large slab where you have this six-inch, uh, I'm not sure the terminology around footing, the beam, yes, the beam, footing, yeah. where you want it thicker, deeper than your regular concrete slab. Around the edge of the Around form. the edge. Right. And that's for houses. Now, if you're going to pour a driveway, Our you know, building yeah. like this. Standard, standard thing about a driveway is like it's four-inch uh, uh, concrete all the way, be, all the way, and, and and they make you put expansion joints, which keeps you know if if you just poured continuous concrete, it's going to contract and expand according to the temperature, and it's going to crack. And that's why they only allow you to pour and out there again. I, I guess it varies in different parts of the country. It's about six feet in it, seven, eight. Well, feet. I've seen it different. Uh, I mean, it, it, I think it depends. But there are code I, which I don't know in yeah. Texas what what we're allowed, what you should. But uh, the main thing is and, uh, why I say this ties in with me is the little house we were looking at. We've decided that it is so badly damaged uh, or has been. It's been repaired that we were not interested, but it suffered. It's a brand new house. No one's ever lived in. It was built in 1999, no, 2000, I think, and no one's ever lived in it. But it is the, a corner of this house sunk. And then they came and repaired it, and they are, they're offering a 10-year guarantee. But mortar is cracked, brick mortar, and, and no telling what kind of structural damage you have upstairs. And so the problem with, there's two kind of problems in concrete, if we're talking about soil preparation, that I've read about on the Internet because I got curious after I looked at this house. And it both of them relate to moisture. Yeah. Either too much moisture or too little. Or too little. Yep. And then depending on the type of soil, if you have a lot of clay, then clay, what, does not dry out or does dry out? I think it quickly. does dry out. All right. Then it calls sinking. If you have a soil that absorbs the moisture and swells up, it will, they call it uplifting. There's another term they use, and for some reason it escapes. It will actually push the concrete slab up. And so you don't want, I, obviously, either one. And then they do a graph on this, uh, on, on the inter, on the web page that I was looking at, and they show you one side assuming that the soil was all clay, and the other side assuming that it was not clay and mm. something that expanded. The main thing is, is like in some of our soil here, you would want them to come in, and when they grade this off or get it on grade, and then they're digging the trench. And we could be talking about forms, you know, made out of two by eights and maybe stacked twice. I mean, I, you know, depending on the grade of the lot that you're on, there have been, I mean, I've seen some really thick forms. You know, mostly maybe like a two by eight, Don, would you say? Or, yeah. Or two two by six. That they use, that yeah. they'd use as the forms, yeah. And then they, when they stake it, but and then they dig the trench aside from that. Inside that. Yeah, inside. Yeah, I, I think we, so, so everybody won't uh, think. The form is simply the thing that holds, that the, concrete holds the concrete until it dries. They build a wooden 
structure or a wooden form around this concrete right. until it dries. And then right. In, right inside that, and I don't know how wide it is or how much deeper it is, that, that if it's a house, the trench is deeper uh, to do, like you said, the footing around the edge mm-hmm. of That's the right. slab. So the slab is actually thicker at the edge by the form than it would be in the middle. That's right. right. Exactly. Well, because it's going gonna, it's gonna to hold what they call load-bearing walls. It's right. got yep. all, the, all the big stuff is sitting on the edge. Yep. Well, and the first thing you would want to do, let's just say we were going to do a, a 20 by 20. You, you, we've decided to pour a 20 by yeah. 20 skating rink, right. or just a pad to to play to put a stage on and play yeah. music. Okay. Well, or okay, or, right. or but I wanted a bathroom. Oh, you want a bathroom? Yeah, okay. I just wanted. So okay. what, right. the first thing you're going to do is you're going to have someone with their bulldozer or tractor or whatever guy is, are you with your shovel and hose? And all, you're going to come and you're going to select a grade. I mean, you're going to get it level. As level as you can. That's a pain. Yeah, that's a pain. But even if your land is not level, the absolute must is that your forms must be level. And and you you can't use your little 12-inch, 18-inch level that beeps for you. You have to use a transom. You can't use... I mean, this is something. Right. It's like right on I don't know how a blind guy would do that. I'm sure there is somebody who has, and we'll get somebody who, yeah. who, who does. But you have to shoot a grade across that, I mean, and and figure out how how the land slopes, and right. it has to be as level as possible. Yep. And then then you're going to build your forms because you're going to have an idea of where your plumbing's coming in. Just an idea for this bathroom. Then you're going to come in there. And you're going to get your plumbers to lay their main line and kind of stub this in. After, I mean, you're going to build your form first. That's the wooden structure yeah. that goes around the, the concrete. Yeah. And, and, and in this case, it's probably going to be like a 2x12. You could use a 2x12. And then they drive stakes. Pair, like if this 2x12 is standing up on its edge. Yeah. You, all right. Which it is. Which it is. Then you're going to put a stake down right beside it. I mean, to hold the out, on the outside. You're going to you're going to nail or screw or fasten these four boards together. One going. We're assuming we have a 20 foot two by 12. And so you're going to make a square. Yeah, you've made okay. a big square. Then we're going to put some some stakes down in there in the ground on the outside of this, just pair right next to it. But then you're going to put some 45 degree boards going out to other stakes to to because this is a lot of weight we're talking about and when it the concrete starts to cure it's going to expand i think and so it's going to it's going to be a lot of pressure on this so you put an angle board yeah, yeah. to uh, like going, a 45 degree angle going to another stake yeah. that's bracing this board to make yeah. sure to make that it because if it move. if yeah. it moves then you've got a hump in the yeah. side of your slab you which you don't want and yeah. then i think the city code's going to make them i mean they're every so many feet down this 20-foot board. I'm sure. We, yeah, we may, maybe okay, every so four feet. Oh, yeah. Make a long story short, we've, we've got forms. We've got the right. structure that's going to hold the, the concrete. You get in there and you dig your trench out, and it's going to be a shovel, a, a sharpshooter shovel. Maybe, what is that, Don, six inches? Yeah, eight. yeah. With, six or eight inches. Uh, all around the inside, the direct inside of this beam. It's okay. going to be deeper. Of, we this, want it of six these forms. Yeah, we yeah. want it six, eight. I don't know how deep because our slab needs. And then... You're going to put your, well, first then you're going to get your plumber to come in. It's and, going to, and what they call stub up the plumbing. Yeah, he's going to go put that commode drain where it's supposed to be. And, and, and whatever else is going to be there. If he if he's going to bring up some some water, he's going to show yeah. you where the water line is right. going to come in, and that 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 commode that's going to sit there, the the drain thing will be there. I mean, right. it'll be sitting there. Yeah. It'll be stubbed up yeah. and capped off, and they'll pour the concrete around it. Right. Yep. 
Uh, and yeah. then you start putting rebar in. Then you, Re- well, then you put your rebar and our plastic. Make, Actually, if it's a building, yeah. it needs that's to true. Plastic. I forgot about that. And then the okay. rebar. Well, so. you know, I've always heard, yeah, if it's poly, if it's going to be an they put a moisture barrier slam, down. They do. Yeah, it's yeah. the polyurethane or whatever. They're yeah. Yeah. And then they put the rebar. Yep. And then you get the truck out here and you pour. A cup. But now the rebar is tied together with heavy wire. I mean, you mm-hmm. run them. You run them uh, like you, giant you, bread ties. Yes, just long. <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing as giant bread ties. And you yeah. just make a grid of this rebar in the in the inside of your forms, and it reaches from from side to side and end to end. I mean, and if anybody doesn't know what rebar is, it some of it. I mean, I guess it comes in gauges, but I've seen some as thick as my little finger. I think it does come in gauges. And, and I've seen kind of single rods of it, or I've seen big mesh. Yeah, you know where. And if you if you build a fire outside like we do often, it, it makes a great fire poker. Yeah, it's a short oh, yeah. piece of rebar about yeah. about five yeah. feet long, four feet long makes a great fire poker. That's what I use. And, and so go to the hardware store and ask them. Just tell them I want a four foot piece of rebar, and they'll sell yeah. you one. Then you'll know what it is. And then you can look at it. Yeah, and then like I say, and we've really you know oversimplified, but you get your concrete concrete guys out there to yeah. work the concrete, but. Uh, uh, Yes, you lost well, your no. senior moment there, big yeah, boy. Yeah, I huh? did. I must have. <laughs> anyway, you call the you call the guys, and they will pump through a big pipe concrete into your forms, and then unless you've made a deal with them, it's your job to level that concrete. So don't think they're going to do it because they're not. Yeah, yeah. but what oh, I was going to say job. is just to give you an idea as a blind person how much a, a, a one yard, and that's the way concrete's sold in and cubic y- yards. Yard. One yard of concrete will pour a four-inch slab, nine by nine. I didn't know that. Yeah, uh-huh. it's uh, that's it's. I did not know and that. So uh, uh, to figure need, how many yards you're going to yeah, need, you know, I bet there's a chart on the internet you could put in room twenty by twenty, and they'd tell you. They'd tell you oh, yeah. exactly. There'd be yeah. some sort of. Yeah. So I mean, I know we rushed through this, but if if you did not. If you had never done this or you had never seen it done, and I don't know much about it, admittedly. That's obvious, Phil. But if you've never seen it done, there's kind of a thumbnail sketch of how that is done when you build a house or build a building. And if if you're a brave old blind person, next time you see them building a house, go over and look at it. Figure out, take your walking cane and go over and see what they did because it'll interest you. You'll learn a lot. That's right. All right, guys, we knocked out another one. Yeah. Number, Number, which number is this? This is 38. We haven't said a thing. What's that email address, Don John? Send that email to blindhandyman at hotmail.com. And how do you get on that list, John? And you would subscribe (laughs) to that list by sending that blank email to uh, blindhandyman-subscribe at Yahoo Groups. Just like I'm going to do. Right? Uh, just like you're going to do. Thank you, Don Shaw, Don Patterson, Tom Houston, yes, Frankie Brown. It's a hoot. She yeah. did it. It is a hoot. We'll do 39 next week. This was 38. Thank yeah. you much, Phil Parr. I see you said the blind man's. He picked up his hammer and saw. The Blind Handyman is produced for ACB Radio by Out of Market Productions. 1604 Southwood Drive, Lufkin, Texas. Phone 936-634-9500.